What's going on, folks? Ty from BreakerCulture.com. I hope you're doing well. Uh, it is episode 24 of Breaker Culture Weekly, and uh, we've been working hard, pushing out some new interviews and some fresh content for you. I really hope you've been enjoying it. Uh, today is no exception. Get a chance to, to chat with Chris from Top Shelf Breaks. If you haven't had a chance to jump into any of his breaks in the past five years, I highly advise you to do so. But you'll know if you have, because he is he's got a unique way of uh, approaching his breaks. He's got a very unique background that I think lends itself well to what he does. And, and uh, I think you'll see his personality come out uh, very clearly today in our conversation. So uh, I put him on the spot with a lot of a lot of questions like I do with most of the group breakers and, and, and interviewees that we have on here. Uh, and he does a great job of answering some of the stuff and, and uh, making it fun and fresh. So yeah, hope you enjoy it. Give us feedback though, if you can, uh, at Breaker Culture on all of our social media platforms at Twitter and and Instagram, and, and uh, even Facebook, and uh, shoot us an email, podcast at uh, breakerculture.com. And most importantly, if you could fill a review out for us on iTunes, that'd be great. Help us with the SEO. Help us know if we're uh, pushing out good content for you. We want to make sure it is absolutely useful for the hobby. So enjoy the show, guys. Chris, what's going on, man? How you doing? Ty, I'm doing great, man. Thank you. Good. <laughs> well, I'm excited to chat with you today. I think we've been working on this for months, and we finally finally worked out of time. So we're yeah. not neither of us are morning people. So this is going to be convenient. <laughs> I am not a morning person. I'm a night owl, you know. But I think you have to be right. To, as a breaker, you kind of have to be a night owl. You do. Uh, obviously, there's daytime breaks, which I'm getting to, and maybe you'll ask me about, but. Yeah, uh, you definitely can run late. It can run late. I mean, why'd you call me at 4.30 in the morning? It's 4.30, dude. What are you doing? No, <laughs> exactly. That's how we roll, guys. We prioritize our business here. Like, I got a full day ahead, Chris. Can we do our call at 4.30? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Sure. If, if we get to that point, then something's gone horribly, horribly right for once. Yeah, horribly <laughs> right. Our day is so busy that we got to do stuff at 4.30. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take it, but... Yeah, man. Awesome. So top shelf breaks, you know, I've, I've watched you for a long time. I've always been fascinated just by everything you do. You're, you're a media guru, but g- give us the, uh, give us the story, man. I want to know kind of how you got into this. I mean, your background's obviously interesting because you came from the, the music industry, right? I did. Yeah. I was, um, I spent basically my whole career in the music industry. Uh, I was that kid in the eighties that was always calling the radio station tie to like win contests and stuff. <laughs> okay. And, and I just loved trying to get on the air and, and be on the radio. So I kind of got hooked on that in the eighties when radio was God and King and there was like three stations. So I would just sit around and listen to the music and, and, and try to get on the radio. And then one day I went down to the local radio station with some canned goods, uh, some canned beans and corn and dropped them off. And the dude was like, well, leave him at the door. And I said, man, I came all the way down here. Can I come in the studio? And he invited me in. And from there, it was like angels playing music. And that's what (laughs) I ended up doing uh, for the rest of my career in in actual radio and and record promotion. So What? um, Yeah, man. So from canned beans to profession. To to a complete profession. um, I, I went in there and I said, how do I do this? How are you getting paid money to answer request lines, play Bon Jovi and rock out. He goes, well, start out as an intern. So I, I called the next day and got set up as an intern and worked my way through the system 
um, playing syndicated shows, Casey Kasem's and all that. Wow. And then that led to working baseball games, you know, just running the board. And then that worked to overnights. And then you just kind of work your way up. And that eventually led to me working for some independent promotion companies uh, for the record companies, for the record labels um, out in Los Angeles. And then that led to um, Sony Music and Epic Records, which ended me up here in Chicago. Wow. So yeah. you, you got that's how you got tied in the music industry. You moved to Chicago. Yes. How long were you doing that in Chicago? I'll never forget. And it's, oh my God, is this, I just realized this now. Um, when Sony called me, uh, Sony Music, their, their record company label was Epic Records. And they asked me, I was in Los Angeles at the time. And they said, how do you feel about uh, Chicago? And I said, well, I like the Bears. You know, they're pretty cool. They go, no, we mean, we want to put you in Chicago as the record rep for us. <laughs> wow. for Epic. I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy. That's the third largest market. They moved me to Houston to start out, right, Ty? Okay. And, I, and ironically enough, I got there on September 1st, 2001, okay? September 1st, 2001. Well, September 11th came 10 days later, and I was in Houston all by myself, brand new job with this large record company in, in industry, and um, I'll never forget that. And that, that day uh, came, and luckily I had a friend that was in the business that came out to mentor me that that day and he spent the week with me wow but from from there it was a short stint in houston and they moved me to chicago in 2003 so i've been here since 03. wow okay well so i take it you weren't married then in texas you were genuinely alone no you can't be married in the music industry it's not allowed <laughs> very very difficult no i wasn't married then i uh, uh when i moved here to chicago a few years after that and the music industry took a horrible death the mm -hmm. music industry just died a tremendous death in like 2004 and five because of uh, iTunes and Napster. And uh, I got into mortgages. I became a mortgage banker. Wow. Who does that? Who, who goes from rocking out with the bands and, and tour buses and stuff to working at a bank? That's what I did. And that's where I met Heather. Uh, my wife was the new, the new girl in the office. Uh, she packed all her things from a small town in Michigan and moved to the big city. It was literally downtown in the heart of the city at, at a mortgage bank. And that's, that's where we met. No kidding. Very you, nice. didn't know, you didn't know about my mortgage banker days, did you? No, I didn't, man. So, so how long, how long were you doing that? Were you doing you, that? You for... didn't know. I snuck that in on you. <laughs> uh, well, somehow I've been uncanny timing in life as far as industries goes, like the music industry. I rode that wave till it freaking crashed 50 times. That was an amazing run. And then uh, someone told me about refinancing and mortgages during those years, during the boom. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's how I got into that because I didn't want to go back into the industry, Ty. In the music industry, Yeah, I knew the writing on the wall. I knew it wasn't going to be the same as it was in the heydays. It just has ran its course. So I started selling the mortgages and refinances. Um, and that's where I met Heather. And I did very well because the industry was booming. But then guess what happened to that mm, industry? I see a pattern forming here. I see a pattern. <laughs> so 2000 and freaking whatever it was, when was that? I think 2007-ish um, or so, you mm -hmm. know, the, uh, the Lehman crisis and all that, that industry completely took a dump. And I'm like, oh, now what are we going to do? Let me find something else. So Heather and I uh, started a real estate company in short sales. Okay. In short sales back then, nobody knew what they were. They were not known, 
but I knew that since the whole country crashed financially, these people um, probably aren't paying their mortgages, so they probably need to do a short sale. And Heather and I started a real estate company around short sales, and to this day, uh, we still have that company. Nice. That, here's what you're looking and digging for. That led to me looking for something else to do while we were building the real estate company, and I found this crazy thing called online group breaking at the time. So you were so bored in one yes. of the craziest industries of our generation that yes. you had you had to fill your time, and you came across group breaks. Okay. I came across group breaks. That, that's correct. Uh, I saw it on Twitter one night, and I, the strange thing is I'll never forget when I first saw it. Uh, I was downstairs in, in our little house in Skokie, had this little office down there, and uh, I was scrolling through, and I saw, you know, something like uh, live spots or come open cards with us, and I clicked on it, and I watched it, and I was kind of the similar feeling I had when I walked into the radio station for the first time. Mm. When, when I saw him doing what he was doing, I was like, I'm going to do that. I am going to do that. <laughs> and uh, the cool thing was um, it started out as a hobby. I had, you know, I just wanted to learn more about it. And we had a real estate business going. We were, you know, back in the, the fix and flip days, right? Real estate, fixing houses, oh, yeah. flipping them. So we did two of those. Not the most fun thing to do. It's definitely like the TV shows. There's a lot of things that come up. And so Heather just took the real estate company and ran with it. I helped her with marketing and promotion and sales. She took that off and running and was bringing in the real money in the family. That allowed me to uh, basically afford to do breaks. That's nice, taking family money to do breaks. <laughs> and, and Nate, good old Nate Johnson, TSB Nate one day said, hey man, what is that on your Facebook? There's like dudes opening carts. Yeah. He's never seen it before. So Nate and I were friends. I met at the church basketball league, and and uh, he was like, "Well, let's go in on some stuff. We'll split the prices, and we'll just share the cards or whatever." So him and I started going in on breaks together. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Okay, we'll buy in the case break. It's eighty bucks. I'll put in forty. You put in forty. We'll see what happens. After a while, he said, "Hey, have you ever thought about doing that?" And I said, "Nate, I can't sleep because that's all I can think about is doing it." So Nate and I uh, got together and got the company up official and all that, and that is how Top Shelf Breaks started uh, back in 2013-ish, early 14. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so still, I guess, towards the tail end of the early phase of group breaking. Yeah, yeah that's when it was. That's when it was. It was, you know, there's a big handful of, of people who were established already. I call them the professional breakers, the mainstream guys. And um, I just started building a kind of our own identity and plan. You know, yeah. I guess we're doing something right because I'm on with you. Oh, oh exactly. I mean, you, you finally reached the, the big time, the pinnacle. <laughs> That's funny. So I'm curious, who were you uh, when you were browsing around Twitter? Who did you come across that kind of got you excited about group breaking? Do you remember who it was? Oh, of course. I like I said, I remember it was like when I walked in that studio that night. Um, I just saw him at the national too. It was Sam at Cardsmith and nice. I, I saw his stuff and, and, um, he was kind of just starting out as well mm -hmm. and we would go in at night and, and just get a group together and, and, and fill breaks. And from there it, it started to be like, well, there's others and here's how they do it. And here's what they do. And here's their little 
identity and the way that they do things. And um, it just really helped me stay uh, engaged mm -hmm. and creative. And I would always have these ideas of things to do, but I get it now because they're so busy, so focused on running their business and running their their things that they don't really have a whole lot of time to listen to a bunch of other people to have them do things. Like they're gonna do it the way they want to no matter what. Right. So I kind of took all those and started building them into our own way of doing things. Love you it. Yep. So uh, you ever go back and watch your breaks from five years ago, six years ago? That... Yeah, I have done that. <laughs> what, what, what's the... What's the one takeaway you're always like, oh my gosh, really? I was doing that. Is there anything that stands out? I do. I do do that. They just bad lighting, um, just low budget cameras, uh, horrible microphones. Just I'm a production guy. So those things I pick apart and that's when I watch it. I look and see like how and why did people give us money? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. Because it was funny, man. I mean, but it, it's good to see that because I look now. Do you think now when I watch my breaks in three years, I go, what was he? What was I doing? You know, <laughs> it's I, true. I don't know if I will or not. So I'm always striving to think ahead. Like, well, what if I look at my breaks now in three years? I got a stupid monster. Who has a monster with one eye as their logo? Yeah. I don't know. But it's, but it's fun to look back in those days. You know, we used to do McFarlane breaks. No kidding. Did you actually you know, sell? Like, so you sold spots yeah, in? That, 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 was a, that was a Nate brainstorm. The Todd McFarlane figures, the action figures, the sports yeah. figures, oh, the yeah. sports picks. Years ago, and they may still be today, but I don't think there's relevant anymore. But you would find those chase figures. Okay. They're like, oh, the Des Bryant with the white helmet or the Tony Romo in the Thanksgiving jersey. And they would do it that way. So Nate would build these big giant hot boxes that would guarantee a chase figure in it, or we would open up a case of them, which had a chase figure in it, and we would do McFarland breaks. That's really one of our first breaks we did. Wow. Was that, McFarlane. was that because you were just trying to be different or because you actually thought that was pretty cool? Both. Okay. Totally both. Okay. Totally both. More so than I was like, well, let's try to make some inroads with something different. What else can we open? These guys are all doing cards and boxes and cases. And Nate and I both collected the McFarlands. So we're like, let's get cases of McFarlands. Let's guarantee them chase hits in there. But yeah. it was clunky because you have to, you need a really big table. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and these the... big giant hot boxes, these big giant boxes, you know, refrigerator sized almost, packed full of McFarlands. Yeah. And you would just get a number, a row. You would get row two. You know, I figure seven, row three, figure four, and then we'd go through them that way, sell it out, and then we open them up, and people would get their McFarlands. Wow, I mean, was there was there legitimate upside in that? I mean, a Chase McFarland was that was that worth investing yeah. money? What was it? Okay, it, it was because it was novel, okay, and it was new, and um, the regular commons, you know, were seven eight dollars but back then you could get one of those chase figures that might be worth a hundred to 125 dollars right away instantly uh -huh. sometimes more similar to wrestling what uh wwe did with variants and different colors and mm -hmm. and then mcfarland started numbering them then he started putting actual numbers on them like numbered to 2000 numbered to yeah. 1000 
but I lost interest. They take up too much room. They take up too much space. They cost eight dollars to ship. Right. Yeah. There you go. But that was one of our first ones, man. That's pretty Marlin. cool. That's that's different. That's unique. Now I'm gonna go back and delete all those old videos so people don't see them. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to dig through and, and save them all on my computer real quick. Yeah, he's downloading them for future <laughs> reference. Right, right, exactly. So what um what I mean you're a tech guy, obviously this is pretty natural for you. And I feel like when you talk to group breakers these days, it's always like, Oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. There's so much technology. What um what technology can you just not live without for your breaks? The what music. Is, the music. Okay. Well Well the music's definitely a big part of it. Technology, um I thought you meant like elements of, of the breaks. The technology, I'm not sure what you're asking. You mean like the broadcasting software? Yeah, what, what, uh, what is it you came across or maybe you already knew about? You're like, yeah, come on, I have to have this. It's gonna be a part of my, my breaking. Well, one of the things that I did find that I love is um, the good, a good microphone. Mm. You know, a very good ballsy sounding microphone. Um, and I have to have headphones on when, when I do my breaks. It's just a radio thing. So one of the pieces of technology I couldn't do without would be, and this sounds so basic, but I gotta have my headphones on when I'm on the air. Um, I don't know why. I think it's because it gives me the element of what people are hearing at home exactly, versus me just kind of talking into the air when I'm like playing the music and doing the breaks and the randomizers. Um, the other thing I use, Ty, is I, I do use the verified randomizer on random.org. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have become extremely accustomed to that. And um, it's obvious for obvious reasons, every random is verified. So there's a little code that's given after each time you run the random. And if you enter that code into random.org, you will see every round of randoms that you did. Okay. So that was very important to us in that uh, people can go in and see that it was done on random.org. It's verified. It's 25 bucks a month. And to me, I thought that was well worth it. Part two of it is beyond that is that it's so much simpler and easier to use as a breaker. I don't mm. know why more people don't because it tells you exactly uh, what round number you're on, which the other one does. But also if you inadvertently hit the X button on your browser thing, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. On Chrome. If you do that on the old one, it's lost. It's gone. You'd have to go back to the video and see where everybody was each round and redo it. Here it memorizes each round you did it forever. It's recorded. That's beautiful. So I, uh, there was a couple nights over the past year or two where um, I was live on the air and it didn't renew my subscription, which it says it's supposed to do every month, but it doesn't. So in the essence of time, I went and used the older one just to use it. And man, it, I felt so out of place using that. I was so paranoid that it was going to be messed up or I was going to do it too many times. So that's a very big part that I look forward to. You know, I have to have that. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. I would have never thought that. I, I actually didn't even know that existed. So you, you, you can name it. You can name it. You know, twenty eighteen Spectra, random. Ah. So it's it's on record there forever, and someone can go back if they wanted to. Because like, oh man, why does Jim always get the Jets? Jim gets the Jets every time. Jeez. Yeah. Well, go check the records, baby. Go look at random.org. It's right there, Holmes. It's there. It is. You know. Yeah. Uh, there's okay. no manipulation or anything that can be done. So I like that. Plus, it, as a breaker, it's pretty much idiot and error proof. You can't mess up the randomizer. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, what what a great idea by random.org. <laughs> Easy money. Easy money. 
easy money, man. Well worth it, guys. Well worth it to get it. That's right. You know, when you're talking about your your earbuds having to be in, it reminds me of a you know, like a baseball player having to have his eye black on, even though it's you know nighttime, or Michael Jordan yeah. having to chew his gum. That's yep. basically what it is. I just I do. There's certain. I mean, when I'm doing the breaks, I don't really have it on. <laughs> Uh, but when I'm doing the randomizers and, you know, I'm playing my music and stuff like that, I, I got to hear it. got to have it because I play music during my, my randoms. Please. I, I know dinner time with your family. I know you got them in. I do. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I got the super secret ones that they can't see. Oh, nice. Skin colored. Yeah. It just fits right in. It's embedded deep into my ear canals. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So what, what what's uh what's your morning routine or let me rephrase that what what's your typical daily routine because you're not a morning guy kind of like me but I mean what what is a routine for you for break day? Break day uh first thing I do is I, I come into here. By the way, we do have a retail location. I call it the shop. This what? So yeah, dude. When did this happen? I know, man. Uh, this happened July first. Oh man, had, congrats! That's awesome. Uh, thank you. I had to get out of the house. Um, and I mean that in a good way. What was happening is that breaking at home and running the whole operation at home is fine if you're doing some breaks here and there. Now and again, you pop downstairs to your office or to your man cave, do some breaks. Mm -hmm. But um, thankfully, after many seasons, uh, the volume has increased. The customer base has increased. So that means more boxes come to the house, more brown boxes, more supplies, more everything. Kids getting older now. Yep. They're, they're not just like taking a nap or watching – Jake and the Pirates, they're running downstairs, screaming, chasing each other, running in there. So I had to get out of the house. And um, I found a place just 10 minutes away in West Dundee, and it's perfect. It has a back room, which I'm in now, which is the break station time. Mm, okay. And the tables and the tables for all the sorting. I got, you know, big old shelving for the products. And then the front of house is the retail area. So you walk in, there's a display case. I've got all my Chicago stuff on the walls. It's like a little mini shop up front. And it's in a it's in a retail building across the street from a uh, a large mall and movie theater. It's just a it's a good place. Beautiful. So do you do you actually get walk in traffic? I mean is it is it getting to that point? Or do you, are you trying to? Okay. No, because the first focus was to get out of the house. We yep. have the entire operation here, which is an undertaking. Hmm. So my routine is to come in in the morning and get going with building any breaks that I need to build because there's constant product coming out. Mm -hmm. So the first things I do are sales oriented because there will be no TSB if there is no sales. So sales are priority. So I get everything up on the website and then I start my social media marketing, my incessant tweeting, my Facebooking. Mm. That takes a few hours to get everything up on the website, get everything out. Um, and then I can focus on, okay, is there straggler shipping to do yet? Maybe pay some invoices and billing, call my reps, call my sales guys, check in with them, look around the industry, see what's coming out, what's going on, and that fills you know, the better part of the day. But yeah, the retail front end, I'm excited about that. I just wanna do it right. I don't wanna rush it, I want it to be perfect, I want it to be ready for probably the holiday season. This this building is, is this, the reason I found this place is my son comes here for art. Okay. And we were in here one day, and I was looking for a place. 
I needed a place. But it wasn't like every day I woke up, I was spending three hours driving around looking on the internet. I knew at some point I would find something. Mm -hmm. And I told my wife, I didn't have my phone with me or it was battery was dead. And I asked her, I said, can you take a picture of that sign that says suites available so I can call this guy? Well, the guy, the owner was in the lobby at the time. And he goes, oh, hey, I'm the owner. I said, oh, hey, I'm looking for a place. He goes, let me show you. He showed me this place. I shook his hand. I said, you have a deal. Right then and there, I knew it. And that's that's how we got here. He said, I haven't even given you a price. And you said, I don't care. <laughs> well, I said, we have a deal provided you're not going to say it's like $2,800 a month. Right. Ridiculous. It's not even close to that. And it's two suites, which is perfect. It's the front end and then the back end here, which is works out great. And it's just 10, 15 minutes from the house. Plus, mm. there's a mall across the street with Sabaro Pizza. So. Oh goodness! Okay, we're, we're good. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. uh, that that'll suck you right in. Uh, every does. every time I go to an airport, I'm like, oh, there's Sabaro. Let's go grab I some fat new food. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I do, man. And it's nice. Uh, it you work more efficiently because when I'm at home, and this is for anybody listening that maybe dawn breaks at home, and you're aspiring to um, you know, increase your volume. Working from home in any position, any job is definitely perks no traffic you know you can kind of do what you want and when but the problem is you get sidetracked a lot and those little 10 15 minute sidetracks can add up to like two hours in a day mm. you know you go upstairs to get a drink or a sandwich and it's summertime and the boys are out playing in a sprinkler or one of them falls down and gets hurt or needs something or you just get distracted um here i come in and i just work and it's pretty good i hear you a thousand percent on that one. I work from <laughs> is that, home. Yeah. Is that resonating with you? It is. You're uh, you're striking a you're striking a nerve here. I think I'm gonna have to start looking at some office space. It makes a big difference, though, man. It really, really, really does. I'm very excited about it. My first, my wife was like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "I've never been more sure that this is the right move." And plus, when you do something like that, Ty, um, you're a little bit more focused. It just mm. you need change now and again in life. You have to change something. There you go. I just needed, for better or worse, something has to change, and I knew this was going to be for the better, and now it is. And it's so I recommend that if you can get out of your house and get somewhere, even if it's one of them small, tiny little, like it's just an office place, go there to work. Yep. And then do your breaks at night, but get out of the house. For sure. Yeah, you're right. There's something about just separating it too, like going home and knowing you don't have to have to work. You know, there's no work for you. You set Tyler, your phone down. It's like so refreshing. Perfect. The thing is, when so what I do is to answer your routine question, I come in here in the morning. Sometimes I may be up early and it's school time, so I'll get Brixton on the bus and Colston to school and Heather, you know, give her a break doing that. And I come in here. I may be here at 8 o'clock some morning. Sometimes I get here a little after 9. But I leave in the afternoon, like 2 or 3 o'clock. So when I go home, I no longer feel like, oh, I got to go downstairs and check on something. Oh, I got to do this. Got to do that. It's more quality time now mm. in those hours that I'm home. Downside is I got to come back around eight or nine. Right. So as a family, we're adjusting to that. And Heather knows it's for the better right now until I can find another way to maybe supplement nights with days, go on the daytime. So I could be home, home at night, but I still have two nights off a week. So you, wait, you, is there two nights you don't break? Yeah, what, I do not Sunday. 
that are on two Sundays or Monday nights. Oh, okay. So my wife and I plan date night on Monday nights. Her mom comes over, watches the boys, and we try to go out to dinner or just go shopping or run around and do something on Mondays. Um, gotcha. Because I think it's you got to have that. Totally. So Sundays and Mondays we're off, but the rest of the week, you know, I come back at night, like 8.30. I leave and come over here. Kind of sucks leaving the family at night, but because we're so used to me being there. Yeah. But again, she knows it's a small sacrifice now for hopefully later things will change. Totally. Yeah, well, you have a slight advantage being, you know, Eastern Standard Time, you know, so you can push it a little bit later for your own schedule and still serve the most audience. Yeah, that's, you know, so that's nice. I leave. I leave here and that hour makes a difference in the yeah. West Coast people. It's beautiful. But, yeah. Nice, man. Well, that's cool. So, so I guess we didn't really touch on this, but you you have two kids? I heard Brixton and Colston. Is that what I heard? I got two boys, two? Brixton. Brixton, uh, B-R-I-X-E-N as in Brixton Ivy Building. Um, when I met Heather, uh, I lived in the city. I lived in Wrigleyville at the time. Nice. And uh, she lived south of me. But she would come over and hang out, and we'd go to the Cubs games, and we were all about the Cubs because I lived, you know, door to door from my my apartment to the to Wrigley sign was literally five minute walk. So uh, our church we attended at the time when we lived in the city was owned by the Bricks and Ivy Company. Uh, you know the rooftops out in the outfield at Wrigley. Yeah. The, the Wrigley rooftops. Well, one of the companies that owns it is. Brixen Ivy. Okay. And I always used to tease her and say, man, if we had a boy, I'm going to name him Brixen. And I thought she would shoot that down in a heartbeat. <laughs> what? I'm naming our kid Brixen. <laughs> she was like, I love it. So that's how Brixen came to be. His that's name. cool. He, he just turned, uh, well, Colson just turned four. Brixen will be eight in February. And Colston is my four-year-old. He just turned four in July. Nice. Yep. Very nice, man. You guys done? We sure are, man. So, Bri no more kids. Brixon, he's old enough to collect. Does he collect? Yes. Does he like it? What does he like? He, he definitely is a collector. But remember, I think there's a difference between a collector and a hoarder. Oh boy, yeah. I, I think he has some daddy hoarding in him. He's very well rounded with everything. I mean, he's got <laughs> dragonflies. I, he catches insects, and I put him inside one touches for him with a little note, so you can take insects and put them inside of a one touch. And, and store them that way. So he has those things he's collected. And then he has random cards that I've given him or that we've opened together. And he, I mean, he just has so much stuff that just odds and ends from everything. Train stuff. But um, we open, you know, him and I just sit around and open up cases of National Treasures um, 2016 football. That just, just blow money that way. I like that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh I, oh, I know you're kidding. Yeah. He's <laughs> opening up some 2016 NT football. Do you know uh, what he likes? Do you know what he's really into right now? He's into um, cryptozoic kind of stuff, like Bigfoots and lake monsters and that's werewolves cool. and different kind of creatures and stuff like that. So, And he's, he's a history buff. So I've gotten him a lot of the uh, history stuff. Uh, presidents. Oh, cool. Pre presidential thing that came out loves that he loves george washington and abe lincoln i guess every you know seven-year-old kid does yeah coins okay he loves his coins and, and currency but as far as the cards go i'm not gonna really really push it on him sports wise for some reason he likes the packers and it drives me nuts um being and, in chicago that's tough i can only imagine yeah 
I think it's a psychology thing. Like he knows he gets attention from it. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's not too happy about that, but um, yeah, I'm with you. My, uh, we, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I took him to his first show. There's a big show that comes to town here. It used to be the Sun Time show. It's now called Chicago Sports Spectacular or something. Mm-hmm. It's a really good show, and he wanted to go meet some Packer dudes. I'm going to have to like put on blindfolds and a glove to meet these guys, but okay, son. So he went to meet uh, one of the receivers, one of the old school receivers, Hall of Famer, James Lofton, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Lofton. So he does collect, but he's not over the top excited about the sports in the collecting element yet, but he likes to hoard it. So he has his helmet, you know, right next to his dragonflies and, you know, pieces of stuff that fell off a train when they went by when we were on vacation. Like, I love it. <laughs> Got a little bit of everything. It's like a museum. That's right. That's right. You know, it's funny. Like that stuff is, I think, important, especially for you. I mean, you see a billion cards every year. Yeah. And even for me, like always just kind of doing random stuff, like seeing your kids collect, it kind of keeps you grounded because you realize what it's all about. Totally. You know, I mean – I, the whole archives release came out and I was doing a bunch of stuff with it. And the, the thing that the kids liked the most out of archives was this, the collector's coins, those goofy little coins that everyone was making fun of. Oh yeah. My kids yeah. were like suckered into them. They were like trying to get the set and yeah. I mean, you forget yes. like, that's what it's, that's really what it's about guys. <laughs> I, I know. I remember pre children, pre kids, or even when my kids were like one and two and I would hear other people say that. Or I will be at a show and they would be with their son. And I kind of would be like, well, I can see how that would be cool. But now I totally get it. Yeah. Because I've mentioned that Brixton likes card or likes uh, coins and, and currency just literally in passing on the air or maybe on Twitter or something. And guys would send him coins hmm. out of the blue. Here's some, and he would just get so excited for his coins. And he likes to look for the autographs and he wants to, he does understand that he knows that if the person puts their signature on it, it's good. Yep. So he does ask daddy, you know, can we open up these and see if we can find some signatures? Mm -hmm. And I, I rarely open stuff if ever. So sometimes I have to tell him no, or you find something, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Economically reasonable. Mm hmm that you can open with your kids. And there's plenty of that out there. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. We were at target yesterday and my son's like, dad, can I, can I get a pack? And he, 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 for some reason gravitated towards that, you know, the $5 target pack where they put a bunch of like random packs that were left over together. Oh yeah. yeah and dude, yeah. it was, it was all nineties basketball. Wow. And it was the funnest thing Skybox. ever. It's totally, it was like Skybox and the Fleer ultra, the upper deck SP, collector's choice hoops and man we had a blast and i was just kind of reminiscing about all these cards that i opened growing up and i mean some of those players he's like really who's this dude (laughs) isn't it fun to see the look in their eye though when they're ripping stuff that's the cool thing about Ah. when you watch a kid ripping up in packs man they just have this look on their face like wow what's going to be in here this is going to be cool oh look at this and they do they pull out a regular insert of like barkley or something and they get so excited Oh, that's the guy on TV. I know Barkley. And I have to be honest, sometimes in my head I'm going, uh, okay, son. Yeah, that is dope. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. Yep, for sure. So uh, your sons ever watch you? 
they were to sit there and watch you break and yeah, do you, know, do you know what I do? Because I have to leave at night. So, you know, the TVs today, smart TVs, you can bring them right up on the TV. Yeah. So every once in a while, I'll put on my YouTube channel and it's on the TV. And TV time is limited at night for just before they go to bed. That's mm -hmm. what our mm -hmm. rule is in our house. They watch their one show and then bed. But I leave the feed on. So when I get here and it turns on, it pops up on the TV at home. And, and they love that. Or I'll play a trick on them with the iPad and I'll lay it out, the tablet. And it comes on, you know, on the tablet and I know that they're watching and they can interact and they'll text me. And uh, sometimes my wife will come in chat um, and they just they make their own videos now with these daggone freaking toys. Hmm. Have you have well, you seen the, to the toy videos? No. With, with your sons? I've seen toy videos with kids doing it, but no, your sons are doing uh, it? Well, we did a few of them just to make our youngest son giggle with like Paw Patrol and PJ Masks and stuff. <laughs> but they, they, I'll go downstairs sometimes and they'll be making their own videos, um, like opening stuff like blind pack. They make their own blind packs with the, with the yellow bubble mailers. Oh, that's awesome. I caught them doing that, which is a good thing. I just go down and check on the kids every once in a while, like you do in the summer, if they're in the basement and they're down there, they made blind packs with the, with the yellow bubble mailers. And they were like, open them up like they're on the air, like they're doing breaks, you know, uh -huh. win, win, win different little things. That is cool. So That's got to make you was, feel good. It does. It, you can see that they see it and they pay attention and they pick up on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's cool. No, we, uh, so I, I have my sons kind of watch group breaks every once in a while with me and I'm just, you know, taking notes or whatever I'm doing. And the other night you were on and I, I was watching you, I had you in the background and my, my boys walked in and they were totally sucked into some of your stuff you were talking about. And I was kind of in and out and my son, one of my sons, Kai, he's my second oldest. He's like, Hey dad, is it, is this guy like, he's pretty funny. Like, is he always as funny? And I was like, Oh yeah, he's pretty funny. And he goes, but I, I got to stay up, man. Cause I gotta, I want to see if he drinks this propel water that you were doing. And I'm like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, really? He doesn't care about the cards. He cares about you downing this propel water. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw, saw that picture I sent you, but I had to snap a picture of them watching you uh, drink Propel water. I did. Man, that's funny. Um, <laughs> damn, you came in at the right time for that, boys. Uh, I did, man. I was at a, a barbecue festival all day, all day from like literally 8 in the morning till right till 8 o'clock at night. And I was eating barbecue all day, and I was just completely parched. And all I could think about was I'm thirsty I can't even imagine how thirsty I am right now. So that's why I just came up with the idea. Let me see if I can chug this. And I treated myself to a fat gold pack. Ah, uh, yeah. For doing it, yeah. And you, you pulled but, something. It was like a number to twenty-five something. It wasn't uh, wasn't Jerry spectacular. Rice. Jerry Rice. That's what it was. Your guy. Yeah, Jerry Rice, right here. Yeah. Fourteen to twenty-five. That's Three funny. Color jersey. You. Uh, yeah, I do stuff like that now and again, just to. Yeah, you mix whatever. it up. You spend yeah. a lot of time in front of the camera. I can only imagine. Are you the type of guy that'll go on binge rips and start opening packs of cards for yourself, or do you not do that? I'm sorry, binge rips. <laughs> there, there will be no binge ripping here, my friend. What's no. uh, nothing? No. Honest, well, something, yeah. It's a fat binge gold pack. That's as you'll rip. That'll. That was my treat. I'm like, if I can drink this Propel bottle in one swig, I'll open up a gold pack. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought about. Maybe I shouldn't drink this Propel so I don't have to open up a gold pack. I just – i I've learned over the years that um, this is my personal opinion and how I do things. I do not want to get into the habit of opening stuff all the time. 
I just don't. I have what's the word I'm looking for that it's a superstition kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. I really, truly, honestly would rather that card monster hit go to a customer because if I open it and it's a complete monster, well, then I feel as though, well, damn, mm-hmm. how cool would that have been to open that on the air and it goes out on social media and Instagram and Twitter and what am I going to do with it? Right. Like I'm a collector, but to be honest over the years and maybe my other uh, breaking colleagues can agree to this, you do get kind of, uh, I don't want to say jaded, but you just, you have so many cards. Yeah. You're kind of numb to cards. You, you become a little numb to it. Yep. Uh, um, it's kind of like when I was in the music industry, you know, each night you're at some sort of event or show or party or concert. And after a while, uh, the concert element and shows just kind of became, became numb to that. Now others might be like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I still appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I freaking love seeing those beautiful monster cards, but I want to show them off to other people that they got, you know, that the customer got. So, I mean, I try to maybe grab a box of each new product when it comes out at some point, mm-hmm. at some point, and it's just a feeling. It's like, oh, or maybe me and Nate, let's take something. We got a, a straggler box here that came in. Sometimes these distributors will literally send multiple cases in one box. <laughs> like... I don't know if they, I got to, I've asked them before, like, how is it that you send me all these cases, but I have one box, one loose box. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's how allocations work. Yeah. Allocations are a weird thing. Especially these if that's days. that's your allocation, then that's your allocation because they break down a case and this guy gets two out of there. This guy gets one extra. And, but I started taking those straggler boxes. And like I said, this is the truth. I put them up and I tell the guys, this is a straggler box. And every time we did it, it was a monster. Hmm. Mitch Trubitsky, one of one, a Peyton Manning, one of one. So that's usually where they go. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. What's yeah. a, if there's any product or genre of products that tempts you the most to open, what would it be? That tempts me the most. Um, WWE, you know, stuff oh, and Star Wars. <laughs> So Star that, Wars. this took an unexpected turn. Please proceed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wrestling. I've been watching wrestling since the 80s, Holmes. Um, Star Wars stuff definitely um, is truly difficult for me to like just look at and not, ah. uh, you know. When, when I do open stuff, though, what I do is I like to do it on the air, and I'll find somebody to, to split with me. Maybe I'm cheap. Maybe I'm just cheap. But I'll split it with them on the air somehow. Like if there's four mini boxes in Masterworks, I'll say, who wants to go in on this with me? And you get two, I get two or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Masterworks is coming out soon or is out. Next week, know. right? I think it's next week. This yeah, week or next week, yeah. Now, I made a mistake because, well, it works for good for me because like I said, that stuff is difficult for me to not open. But um, – I think I backed off buying all that stuff. So now I'm screwed because my allocations aren't there to get all that stuff. Yeah. And I'd have to buy it kind of on the secondary market. Um, but Star Wars and UFC and like pop culture e stuff, um, you know, like Leaf does their big giant memorabilia vault thing. Yep. It's a huge refrigerator style box with full size memorabilia in it. Mm-hmm. Love those. I'm kind of into that 
my personal thing is, um, you know, larger displayable items, helmets, posters, cool things like that. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's kind of unique stuff. It's not the typical open up and see a thousand cards type thing. I can see I can see why you'd be drawn to that. That makes sense. You brought up to make a display for the cards, which I'm sure it's out there. But the yeah. thing is with cards is they end up in one of those white boxes and top loaders. And I've seen pictures of everyone's. They're just kind of strewn about right. the table or your personal collection Yeah. over there. And it's hard to enjoy them, you know, unless you have a really big case and you can put them in there and stand them up on little standees and stuff. So, totally. yeah, that's true. You brought up an interesting point though, secondary market versus getting your stuff allocated through distributors. What would you say the percentage of your purchasing comes through the secondary market versus all your allocations? Um, I very rarely buy on the secondary market in general. Very oh. rarely meaning less than 5%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I do every once in a while. I do my uh, my blitz mixes on the weekends, mm -hmm. you know, on Saturdays. And sometimes, uh, especially now with football, especially now with football, uh, there's stuff that I can't find through my regular sources, mm -hmm. you know. Through the the distributor guys, the distros. Uh, so I do have to go out to the quote evil empires and find them there, and I end up do paying close to retail. You get a little bit of a discount uh, from them for mm -hmm. being you know a licensed business and history and stuff, but it's not much. Yep. It's literally maybe five dollars, uh, if that. So it's very rare because. Uh, it's just difficult to get your money back in return if you're buying everything retail. Yeah. And I refuse to triple and quadruple my prices. I just don't do that. It's just not worth it uh, to do it. Yeah. So. Interesting. Okay. That, yeah. makes, that makes sense. I mean, it, it's just a, a lot of you, I mean, a lot of breakers period is stuck in that, that quandary these days where allocations are just really, really tough. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, you, you have a solid history, so you're, you're probably a little bit different than most, but I mean, you're not getting allocated anything these days. No. And I'm very, look, I, I'm, I have a little bit of an advantage, um, in general because two of my local distributors are local. I mean, I, I'll be there today when I'm done with you, I'm going to drive up there. It's already 15, 20 minutes away. Mm -hmm. And the other guys are 30 minutes away. So they have trucks that will circulate throughout the week if I need something to want something they'll deliver it to me and I get it at the wholesale price I've changed the business model tie because I know you like this kind of stuff insider stuff of how Ooh. we run our business yeah everybody and, listen up when TSB first started I was doing things just to be on the air me and Nate just were like let's just go on the air and you have to stay on the air and you have to build your brand and you have to get people to know you and so I was doing a lot of backstock stuff Mm -hmm. Bowman's bests and old triple threads and old finest and all those things. And there's unfortunately very small margins in that. And I don't care what anybody says, Ty. Those people that say, oh, you're doing it for the money. Like, well, what do you, I mean, do you think that I'm a billionaire and I could just tell my wife, hey, I'm just going to go work for free and I'll be back in 10 hours. <laughs> like it, it, <laughs> I don't care about the mortgage, honey. That's all right. I know That's you're right. working on so you do have to make money doing this and to get it in return for your time. Totally. Yep. But fortunately for me personally, the real estate side of the business was doing very well. And God bless my wife, who I love very much. She was carrying that large load for family 
income and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it allowed me to do these breaks at very small margins to stay on the air. But I got used to doing that. Then I started looking into things saying, I see that it, people want the new stuff. So that's where the new hashtag came came from that I just started now. If I may share it with you. Please Hit do. it first. Hit it first. Okay. Hit it first. So I, I want to go heavy on new release stuff. And I know that sounds like such a no-brainer. Uh, it took me three years to figure it out. But it's all about the new releases, especially now, because people want to hit it first. So I switched up the business model to say, look, I am just going to go big on new releases Wednesdays, Fridays, the rest of the week. And then because there's something comes out every week, Ty. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's three or four products sometimes at the same time. So that helped a lot. And um, you don't have to do a whole lot of backstock stuff. I do have backstock stuff. I like to mix it up every once in a while for those periods where the new release stuff is kind of lackluster. Mm-hmm. You got to spice it up with something different. Uh, but it's new release stuff. People want to hit it first. They want to be the first to get that big monster hit one of one or sick patch or the, you know, they want to get that stuff first. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of the psychology of the hobby world. Anyway, we were talking about this last week on a podcast. It's why, why is Cody Bellinger and Aaron judge? Why, why is their second year cards so underpriced? And it's because people don't care about anything but the rookies. Yep. They want to hit it first. Like you said, so I hit get it. it. First. Well, it's probably, it's probably nice for you too. It simplifies your business a bit. There's no worrying about like trying to snag products that are three years old and figure out how to market it. You just yeah. stick with it and roll. It became a time suck too, like trying to go through all these different sheets and, and inventories and well, this guy's $159, this guy's 155 Like it became, you know, time consuming. Maybe yeah. I can recruit you. I'm hiring. Do you want to come work here? <laughs> you couldn't afford me. <laughs> I'll find a way. Uh, uh, let's take a break. All right, I'll be the first to admit, I have no graphic design ability whatsoever uh, when it comes to creating templates or, or just any type of web graphics. I just don't have that type of skill set, which is why I have relied heavily on InkFrog to uh, establish a baseline for almost all of my templates on eBay and Amazon and any of the other platforms that I'm selling on. InkFrog has been absolutely instrumental, and I cannot stress enough how important um, it's been for me which is why you need to go to breakerculture.com forward slash inkfrog, I-N-K-F-R-O-G, or click the show notes and try it for 30 days. It's that simple. Uh, go check it out and see how it'll work for your business. Uh, I think you'll be pretty impressed with how easy it is to use and how simple it is to create really slick looking auctions, really slick looking templates that you can use over and over again, and it'll spice up your business a little bit, increase your sales. Uh, it'll also make you want to look at your own auctions, which is something I haven't really ever wanted to do. Um, and best of all, again, 30 days free. And if you really like it, you can say, hey, Inkfrog Design Team, why don't you create a really cool looking template for me? It's a part of their monthly plan. They'll, they'll toss it in for you and they will do an awesome job creating a, a template for you to use. Again, you can use it over and over again and you'll be set going forward. So check it out. Breakaculture.com forward slash inkfrog. I think you'll be really, really impressed. Back to the show. All right, we're back. So I, th- I think we need to dig into some products and some of the, I don't know, more controversial subjects. You down with that? 
I am. I'm, I'm, I think I'm prepared. Let's go. Okay. And, and for the record, I, I didn't really prepare you on any of this stuff. I don't normally prepare folks. I just want it to be off the cuff. So thanks for rolling with this. You honestly did not prepare me for it. I did ask for it. You did. I, I ignored I, it. I, I, I've been in the business long enough. I know what he's up to. He doesn't <laughs> want it to be canned or prepared. He just wants to turn the mic on and hit record. So That's I'm right. down with that. Cool. All right. So Heritage High Number comes out this week. The, the buzz right now is that there's a 50% increase in production. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or is that just we just have to deal with it? What's your, what's your kind of response to that? I'm kind of curious. My first response is anytime somebody comes to me and says, I heard that. You know when you're talking to somebody, they go, oh, I heard that. I heard that. Do we know that for sure? Mm -hmm. Hey, if it is, then yeah, that does bug me a little bit. The, the reason is, Ty, is because I think what we're experiencing right now is a good thing in that the product is limited. Yes, it makes allocations frustrating. Mm -hmm. You can't just get 24 cases of Spectra football or whatever. Isn't that good for the marketplace then for value? Isn't that what people want to feel? Mm -hmm. It's not about money. But I'm saying people want to feel as though they have something of value that not many other people have. Hmm. When people have the feeling that they have something everybody else has, well, that kind of sucks. It's not special. So if people are if, if they're going to increase production, um, they may not feel as special. But guess what? Hmm. Guess what I got to deal with? What do you got to deal with? What happens is when I'm opening up a product and – there's no Saquons or there's no Bakers or there's no totally. Josh Allens or whoever. People are like, damn, dude, where are they at? Yeah. Just I just spent $149 for the bills and didn't get one Josh Allen. So rewind or go to another break and they have them riddled in the product. Guess what you get? Oh, my God, dude. There's so many of these freaking things in mm -hmm. there. So – you have to take it for face value and it is what it is. Totally. You, they, they can't really win either way. For me, I prefer to be low production run. Um, it commands uh, higher demand and high demand is always good for low inventory. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I know that makes sense. What do you think? What do you think? Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, so to answer your question on the heritage high number there, uh, some retail odds popped up on one of the boards Okay. So they uh, they flipped it up and someone ran the numbers. One little geek, you know, ran the numbers and found out. Oh my gosh, production's at forty percent. Um, so I, I think it's maybe somewhat validated, and we'll we'll know here in a couple of days when it comes out. But I don't know, man. I just don't. I I already think we're entering or we're in the middle of a bubble in the market. Mm -hmm. And the second we start increasing, we were already up production last year. We've upped it this year on almost every product. We're gonna hit a we're gonna hit a tipping point really soon. And it's going to impact a lot of, a lot of people, and I just hate seeing that because I just don't see the logic in it. I just don't. I know, and this is definitely a, a podcast in its own. But if you sit in the chair of the financial dudes in in those departments at those manufacturers, they see the demand and they see the volume increasing of demand for for this product. So they're going to want to maximize profits. So they can be like, man, we got to crank out more product. We got to crank out more, more of this to mm -hmm. sell more of it. The only other option is to raise the price, which I think that may be happening as well. Yeah. Me meaning raising the price that we are paying. 
that we are getting it from the distributors for or direct. Right, right. Then they can keep the numbers lower, but they're they're making up that extra five dollars times freaking whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's their plan. Because I don't think there's. I mean, I'm looking at gold standard from last year and like Phoenix and some of these rookies and stars mm-hmm. football. That stuff is holding its value to to the, a year later. So hopefully they just keep doing that. You know, I'll pay a little bit more for it, and we are, provided you're not going to flood the market. Yeah. So I mean, if from your perspective, what would you rather have? Would you rather have more products, kind of a la 2017-18 basketball right now, where like every week there's a new product, or would you rather have like Topps baseball, where they're they're just expanding print runs on current releases? What do I you think? My honest answer to that is um, more um, product brands mm-hmm. that they're developing okay um i wish tops would do that i wish they would be like hmm what can we do let's make up a bunch of different products that are cool like like panini does the downside of it is you're going to have some stinkers that are in there uh based on maybe too many stickers maybe too many cards maybe the design is a little whack and off and too dark or whatever mm-hmm. but you move through it it is what it is yeah I tell people all the time, look, don't get mad. This is not a $295 box. Right. It's it's $79 box, and there's a reason. You go to the car dealership, you're going to buy a car for uh, Mm $75,000, and it's going to hum like a beauty, or you're going to go buy a car for $9,000, and it could be a clunker and a dumper. That's the difference. (laughs) I mean (laughs) – so true yeah it's truly that's the i've always told they always say what do you think of this chris what do you think of that product and i go look what i look at is price does this product reflect the price that we have to pay for this and there was a few years where that price was way off like this is not a 260 dollar box it's like a 150 dollar box and that's what it will go to secondary market totally you know, and it'll adjust itself what people are willing to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. It's a lot easier to correct products that aren't good versus just a, yeah. a flooded market of one product where you just, I mean, it's just sitting there on shelves and you have to basically burn it. 2014 yeah. tops Chrome football. Oh, yep. I'll never forget that. What an awful experience. Yeah. Um, well, 2014's heating up a little bit. Well, true. Yeah. Was that, that was Garoppolo, right? Yeah, with my NFC Championship bound Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Yeah, he looked good. Um, Please. <laughs> he looked at week one. <laughs> week one. What do you think about week one, man? What stood out to you? What a great um, week, right? Oh, my gosh. crap. A big week of football, man. Um, just – it's hard to believe that. It, it kind of crept up on me. I used to get so fired up, and I would be like the whole weekend is built around football. And I did – get to watch and I did participate and sat in the backyard. Uh, I, I was happy to see Andrew Luck back at it. Mm, good point. You know, I was really happy to see him out there and playing uh, on the field. Um, you know, my Niners could have looked a lot better. They they choked the Bears game. That was a really good-ass game Sunday night. That was. Um, but it's good for business, man. It's good for business and good for the hobby in general. I don't want people to always think it's about business, but like I said, at the end of the day, this is a business. If you like what we do, you want it to be a business or else we will not be here. Yeah. 
So what did you think? Did you see any, uh, what jumped out at you week one? Well, I tell you, you know, I, I look at it from the rookie standpoint, kind of like you just said. So I, I'm, I'm paying attention to the guys that I think should be doing well. Um, but I mean, obviously here in Kansas City, we got Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. you can't get much more excited about a guy than Patrick Mahomes right now. So he he obviously, he was impressive. But yeah, I, I, loved, I loved what I saw. I liked what I saw from Darnold last night. I yeah. thought he was pretty poised and collected. I thought Saquon Barkley with that big run at the end kind of helped him his – market pace a little bit I, I yep. was it was a good week man it was a, an exciting week of football let's play this game uh this this podcast will live ad infinitum in perpetuity forever but mm. what do you think is going to happen in buffalo with uh with P- i mean listen peterman no offense, yeah no offense nate into your family but your name is nathan peterman and you're known for throwing five interceptions in a halftime i mean is Nathan Peterman going to make it in the NFL? Well, no. There's no way. Is he going to make it to week two is the better question. I don't think so. I know. Week two. You think he starts? You think he starts next no. week? No. <laughs> no. I even tweeted. The dude's like, well, I have to evaluate things for week. What's there to evaluate, coach? Yeah. I mean, it, let's go. The two worst historical performances in NFL history. Not a lot to evaluate. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. Get get Josh going. Get them jerseys selling. You know. Yeah. Why not? You're gonna lose get the excitement. Twelve, thirteen so, games anyway. Do you think that nowadays in in football, Ty, that um, there is a tiny element amongst those CEOs, GMs, vice president of sales, and things that when they're in meetings, what percentage do you think is really about? Well, I really think this guy can win for us, versus an element of. We can sell the crap out of jerseys, and we're going to look at the spike next week of jersey sales and merchandise if we start this guy and get things going. Billboards, sales, advertising, marketing. What yeah. percentage do you think factors into who really starts? Or do you think it's not even a factor? I bet it's less than we think. Because, I mean, okay. think about the money they make going to the playoffs, Super Bowl, versus yeah. $5 million bucks off of jersey sales. Yeah, you're right. I guess it's just my sick, twisted head thinking. Well, you're, you're, you're a hobbyist. That's what's the way we think, man. We can't help it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what uh, what two or three rookies are you kind of like? I I just they're gonna be awesome for the hobby this year. I mean, obviously uh, Saquon Barkley, so that that's a given. But yeah. who else? I'm excited about uh, uh, Calvin Ridley. Oh, I mean, okay. I, I know I know he's got his work cut out for him there, but I was watching one of those uh, videos where they recap his seasons and his best, you know, his greatest catches and greatest feats and moments. That dude is is a complete beast. So uh, hopefully Matty Ice can can help complete that. I like those guys kind of in the middle, you know, the, mm-hmm. the big guys everyone knows about. Uh, there's a lot of buzz on my end about Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know much about Mason, but I do know that his time may come. Could he be a Jimmy waiting in the wings, mm. waiting for their opportunity? to arise like Josh Allen's and, and, and Josh Rosen's and Darnold's and Baker's and those dudes, you know, that there's some heat in those cities to get those guys on the field. Right. There's not a lot of heat in Pittsburgh to be like Mason, Mason. Like they're not calling for Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Really. They're distracted. Yeah. They're distracted by not having Le'Veon Bell on the field right now. They yeah, can care less. There's yeah. a lot going on in that city. And same with Lamar Jackson, uh, in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not calling for Joe's head right now, but that guy just patiently waiting for his opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, step up. 
Yeah. For, for the Ravens. Yeah, those are good. I mean, Shani, who's not here obviously today, he every week I feel like he's bringing up Mason Rudolph. And I, I got oh, to watch yeah. him a lot because he's a Big 12 dude. So Oklahoma yep. State. But, man, you never know, man. Backup quarterbacks, they, they sound it sounds great when they're in training camp and they're making great throws. But you toss them out there to the Wolves, that's when that's when the rubber meets the road. That's why I like football. Yep. I like football because when you're watching football on a Sunday or whatever night it is, and all of a sudden, you know, I don't like to see somebody get injured, but it happens. And then you get kind of this this wave of excitement, at least for me, and it's a hobbyist, when I see Mason Rudolph walk, you know, trotting in to take his first snaps mm-hmm. or, or whoever it may be or a running back or somebody. Uh, you just want to see him do well. Agreed. Agreed. And then you do this to eBay. Yeah, exactly. Com C eBay. Oh my gosh, where's he at? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I had that moment on, uh, what was it, Sunday night, Chicago Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers went down. And yeah. I'm like, this Sean Kaiser had a couple good throws there. And I'm like, oh, shoot, <laughs> let me go check his contenders yeah. autos. And literally within two minutes, he had like totally imploded. And uh, I was like, oh, forget that. I'm not even going to waste my time. Khalil yeah, Mack made him look like a high schooler. Is that sick that the first thought we have is, well, there's a spike in his card. <laughs> I mean, who does that? Because you know, like, if you do search buy it now or completed listings, there's probably 10 guys who went and just paid the buy it now prices on Deshaun Kaiser. Isn't that amazing, Ty? It has literally become similar to a stock market in that they're hot stock, boom, on fire. Don't even know who he is. Don't even know anything about the guy, but I know that he's hot right now. It's simply because he got in a football game. Yeah. Okay. So. That's all. It's great. It's what makes our market so fun. I know. That's where all the money's coming from, man. It is. It totally is. That's what drives it. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with it. It is exactly what's going on. It's driving sales and demand. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, so let's go back to some products. What? Uh, what are the one or two products that you've really loved so far this year? Well, kind of the obvious. Uh, you know, NT College football has been uh, a good product, meaning. When I say a good product, what I think is a good product is the collation mm-hmm. um, is a big part of it for me, okay. meaning there's some thought put into the collation in that each case or each box is going to have a good assortment of the what I call hobby preferred dudes uh, and players, you know, versus you open up a product and it's kind of sparse with even anybody mm-hmm. that, that, you know, so NT College is good and it's reflective in the pricing right now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Origins was a good price point for a nice card. Mm-hmm. Again, it comes down to price, uh, what they're asking. It's not like they're asking, you know, you don't have to sell Origins for $149 a box because that right. would not work. Right. So that's pretty uh, price reflective. Um, baseball. What is There hasn't been much baseball coming out lately. Um, we'll see. Well, um, did you like archives? Did you, did you break a lot of archives? Maybe not. Archives is those those type of breaks. Tough to break. But they are because two things. There's a lot of pressure on me slash us to not miss anything. Archives and what's right. the other one that's like that? Right. Base him. You got Heritage. You got Ginter. Yeah, Heritage. Heritage. Yeah. Heritage. There's so many little nuances of, oh, the coloring is different on the logo. Right. Oh, it's, it's a Phillies card, but it says Mets. Oh, on the back is blue instead of green. Oh, and you have to show every card on air. That's my default. I figure if I can show every single card on air, I'll never be able to miss anything because you can always refer to it. So to do that, the break takes longer. 
versus just yeah. zip, 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 and then pulling out the hit. I got to show every card because there could be a $400 valued card in there. Right. Because it's Anthony Rizzo sliding into second instead of like a portrait photo or something crazy. So I don't break a whole lot of that. I break everything just to do it, you know, back to my new release thing, but I, I'm not doing multiple cases. Yeah. Uh, I like that cardstock. <laughs> I'm a cardstock weirdo. Mm. I don't like foil stuff as much. Um, I don't know if maybe people agree, but that foil kind of absolute slash prestige kind of cardstock um, bugs me because it's very easily dinged up. Yeah. You know, very, very easy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, the thing I like about the Heritages and the Ginters is that it, it kind of satisfies that rip and flip market that we kind of need to keep there. Uh-huh. You know, it's not yeah. a good breaker product, but it's a great rip and flip product. So you got you got a lot of guys that can stay in there, do, run their businesses the way they're used to running them. But it's funny. You don't find those products in basketball and football, really. It's just that's no, you not don't. how you satisfy them. You don't. Uh, speaking of baseball, do you know what was good that I do like? And again, I guess it's price reflective for a reason. But the Chronicles, I had fun opening mm. uh, and, and still do. I, I think it's cool that they spread all those different brands around in one product. Yeah. Because it truly is fun to go through and be like, oh, what am I going to get here? Which product is going to – which one's going to be the hit? Is it going to be a Spectra? Is it yeah. going to be a, you know, Panini Absolute? Is it going to be – what is it going to be? And uh, they look nice when they when they did them. You know, I agree. So, are you okay with getting 55 Otanis in a case? Is that okay with you or no? It is. It okay. is fine because they didn't do that with all the other products. Maybe Diamond Kings, they went a little Otani. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, I think they uh, they did good with that. Hmm. What's your uh, most disappointing product? What's the one that you just were so surprised it was absolutely total crap? Um, One of them was um, – Luminance and illusions. I think they had a good premise. Football. I keep going back to football because that's mm -hmm. you know that's my that's my jam. Mm -hmm. But man, the luminance I just felt was visually not too appealing. Luminance football is very dark, uh, very hard to see, and I it sounded like a good concept and had a good you know just thought it was new and cool and yeah it didn't it kind of fell flat with me. Um, the vertexes of the world and you know that's in the majestic those are actually nice cards but again it goes back to the fact that they was just priced too high i don't think majestic is a crappy card i think it just was priced um too high it came out priced too high for yeah. it for what, yeah. for what you get so luminance and, and illusions um i guess they're doing another illusions this year they but, did they did they squeeze illusions in Chronicles Baseball? They did, right? There was an illusions subset. Yeah, there is illusions in there. Okay. There yeah, is, I haven't lie. seen any illusions hits, but I've seen illusions cards. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay. Nice. All right, we're gonna we're gonna play a little game here. We got we got about eight. Let's see, eight releases, six or seven releases, coming out in the next three weeks. I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna read them off to you. You tell me buy, sell, hold. You buying it? Oh, you think God. it's great? Sell it, eh, not so hot. You're not excited about it, or we're going to wait and see. That's what hold is. Cool. I have a question. I yeah. have a question before you catch me off guard with all this stuff. <laughs> Are you asking me about uh, me as a, a vendor? And a, as you a, as a, a collector. Or for, for the person at home that wants to like try to make money off of it and do do well. I'm just asking or, you as a collector. Like, Are you are you excited personally about it? Got it. Yeah. I'm I mean, obviously, you. we don't know from an investment I'm standpoint yet. Cool. Okay. I'm with you. Yep. 
Spectre football. Bye, 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 bye. Is that the most exciting product in the next two months for football? Because I feel um, like it's got to be. It's pretty close. Okay. It's pretty close, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen the early photos of it. We all have. Yeah. Bye, okay. bye, bye. High numbers, heritage high numbers baseball. Uh, Bye. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got guys emailing me asking me, you know, what I'm going to have, how much will I have, can they get some? So that's always a good indicator. Beautiful. Okay. XR football. Bye, 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 bye. Okay. I see a pattern here. <laughs> Opulence basketball. Very high priced product. Very um, new, I believe. So if your budget, not trying to deviate, but if your budget dictates to buy it, buy it. Okay. And sell it quickly right away. Don't, you know, just buy it and, and sell it if you're going to do that, if you're going to flip her. What was the other thing you said? Buy, sell, or what? Hold. Ooh, okay. I like it. NT baseball. Crap. Daggone you, Ty. <laughs> Buy. Sell. Hold. I'm going with hold. Mm. Is hold that... on to it. Okay. All if, right. If he, again, budget reflect. If you can buy some and hold on to and afford to sit on thousands of dollars of it, do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, You know, because it's... It, for what you buy it at, you're good. So I would say hold. Bowman Chrome Baseball. Um, Bowman Chrome Baseball, definitely buy that. Even uh, without Soto, huh? I would do both. Okay. I would I would buy some and I would hold some. Okay. Yeah. Soto, I mean, Soto... Soto is might be for the super hipster guys that know stuff. I mean, he, there's other mainstream yeah. guys that are going to be in that, you know, the Acunas and the Albies and those dudes. So, true. true. Which, so I would buy it for sure as much of it as you can. And then if you can afford, I would definitely hold some for future use. I held some for a year last year. So I was pretty proud of myself for doing that. No kidding. Yeah. Such a disciplined, disciplined man. I know. Star, uh, star Wars masterworks. Uh, buy. That is a buy all day long. I think the price went up a little bit, uh, but it's a, just a great solid product for many boxes. I believe in it. And by the way, I have none of this up in front of me. Ty is completely catching me off guard. <laughs> <with all this. laughs> I swear to you, God, no. you're you're showing off, man. This is good. Yeah. Uh, this is good. So Masterworks, they put a hit in each box, and it's Star Wars. And I don't know, like, the checklist or, you know, super dope, rare people in it. But if you love Star Wars, you definitely want to buy Masterworks. That is a great product. And our friend Chris Quinn, uh, he's an artist, got hired by Tops, And I'm sure he's going to have cards in it again this year. Artist cards. Gosh, was it three years ago when it just first came out, Masterworks? Or was it longer than that? No, it's been longer than that. Okay. You're thinking back to the day when it was, like, $600 or something crazy. I mean, that was literally... Probably four or five years ago, I'm guessing. Remember, Masterworks used to be really, 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 really expensive. Oh, yeah. Google it. it look it up. I, I was trying to do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it used to be a really, really expensive product. And now it's come down to kind of like normal, uh, reasonable, you know, 30 bucks for a mini box or so. 30 $35. But okay. Yeah, that was hmm. just I like the big chunky. I like chunky things. People always ask me chunky or shiny. Um I like chunky if it came down to it. Really thick, 
you know, big fat piece of a cleat or a glove or a helmet or, you know, a, a jersey or a relic or one of them really heavy duty coin things like in Star Wars. I, I love those big chunky things, man. Yeah, kind of with you. I feel like they've, it's a lost art having a nice chunky card. Yes, really cool chunky card. Yeah. Uh, deep like a like a you know upper deck used to do those they probably still do but they were like really thick like half an inch or more just giant like and it's just a big piece of a glove or a bat or a cleat bat knobs stuff like that you know shinies are cool prisms refractors those are beautiful but it's more exciting to see some really cool piece of game used memorabilia i think yeah I, I'm just trying to find an article. I couldn't find it, but I'll, I'll maybe I'll throw it up on the uh, the landing page. There was someone wrote something how the, the, there's a lost art around relics, and oh. and it's so true. I mean, we've I've kind of just got to the point where I throw relics out. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh goodness, here comes a relic, and I feel like they're starting to come back. They're starting to figure out ways to make relics interesting again, which is much needed in the industry. So I'll I take. agree. Uh, Absolute had some sneaking in there. This latest Absolute football, there were some really good, uh, like those tools of the trade things were neat. Yeah. With the with the glove and the ball and the jersey and the or laundry tag mixed in. Um, Unparalleled football had some um, super large, big chunky looking shiny things. It was shiny and chunky. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, you know, chunky and shiny. Well, I'll oh, take that too. My goodness, yeah. It's hard to handle that type of craziness. Yeah. Okay, La- last one for you. Garbage pail kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the horrible. Garbage pail kids chrome, maybe. <laughs> That's one of the things I opened up with Brixen a few times, and and he enjoyed breaking that and opening it up with you know and, and trying to find it, and then we went and looked on the checklist, and you can see some that are more rare than the others, you know. So as yeah. a, an investment purpose or buy sell hold, um buy for your kids a box or two and have fun with it and you know move on <laughs> i love it no i'm a i'm kind of a sucker for gpk stuff i've broken a lot of cases of gpk garbage book kids and i you wouldn't believe how much money's in that space oh i do yeah. i see it all i do see what's in that space craziness i really do Did, please tell me you've seen the video the uh the, the documentary there's a documentary about it uh, no, I have not. Yes, dude, you got to find it. It's on Amazon. It's uh, it's like the history of the Garbage Pail Kids, how they started, you know, when the, when they first met in, in their little office that they started in and they went through the whole progression of Garbage Pail Kids. Wow. I, I will be finding this immediately. There's also one on Funko. How oh, they started. okay. I, I, that's the kind of stuff I like, and I know you're similar to me in that. I just love to see how businesses started with their vision and where they started out with bad lighting and bad this, bad everything, and then they have developed it into a you know worldwide brand. Yeah, you'll you'll love that Garbage Pail Kids uh, documentary, and you're welcome. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez, I already yep. was indebted to you. Now I'm even more indebted <laughs> to you. Um, is that a Netflix documentary? It's either on Netflix or Amazon or something. On okay. my nights off, that's what I do. I scroll through. It takes me an hour scrolling to look for something oh, to of watch. Course. Yeah. It really does. And then I lock in and I go through uh, and it one, one documentary leads to another and that's how I found it. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel like I add about 15 things to my wish list. You know, <laughs> yeah. when I'm it's like, oh, shoot. it's like 500 yeah. strong and I have, I've watched one thing. It does. It can run till 3 or 4 a.m. sometimes. Yeah. Oh, well, that is life. It is. Okay. We're going to do a little rapid fire. Again, 
off the cuff. I'm gonna, I want, I just want to know what you think, man. I want, I want to get some more. Uh, I want to get a better feel for you. I think the I'm audience listening. does too. You ready for this? Yeah. I want you to give me one word that comes to mind when I give you, I tell you these couple things. Okay. Panini points. Stop. Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that's the honest first word. Come I love I it. Eyes, I got my eyes closed, my headphones in. I'm, I'm in. You're I'm focused. You. All right. Tops now. It's two words that came to my head. Um, overplayed. Hmm. And that means that it's just gotten out of control with like uh, Bryce Harper just went to the bathroom and came back in five seconds put a card <laughs> out. I just think it's too frequent, too too much. Um, toilet, and... toilet paper relic. Toilet seat. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but listen, they're running businesses, man. They're running multi-billion dollar companies. So if it's working, they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. And they're going to keep coming up with stuff and it's going to sell out instantly. Is that the one where – they number them, or am I thinking of yet another thing that they're doing where you can buy the one of one, the numbers, the tens, the fifties, the hundreds? What What is that? Is yeah. that the tops now? Or Yeah. So, yeah, tops now is the, it's the, like you just said, it's the daily release of a moment from the day before, basically, or the day of. Yes, correct. Like something happened, like, oh, Pujols just hit his right. 300, whatever that was, or these moments. I can appreciate that, but do they put out, so, but there's a physical card too? Yeah, you buy it and they ship it to you. Yeah, but there's also ones that are online only. What is that that I'm thinking? Is that eTop? They still call it eTops or Tops Digital, something like that. Yeah. So the Tops now is the actual physical card that they do for a certain moment. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. no hitter or whatever it is. Yep. It'll. I like seeing that because it's. I'm a sports fan. Right. So I love seeing those, those things that have been um, attained. But I think they started doing a whole bunch of them. Like it would be cool if they did it every couple of days. Oh, this happened, but they do it so much. So much that you can't, you know, can't afford to to buy all those different things. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because every time I think there's no way people are interested in this, I'll just click the link anyway, and it's sold out. Everything no is sold out. But I'm saying they're going to keep doing it because yeah. it's sold out. Yeah. No, obviously, no one is. Not everyone is tired of it. So yeah. Well, you know, if that if that keeps them from overprinting products, you know, the products yes. we're used to, then so be it. Do what you got to do. Um, okay. Madden or FIFA? Madden, Madden, dude, all the way, Madden. Okay. All right. Madden football. PS4, Xbox, or Switch? Uh, Xbox. Is that Xbox. your your preference or your kids' preference? No, my kids don't have one. Um, I I yes, grew up young. on the Xbox. Like I was. You know, the Xbox was um, my first forte, not into video gaming, but just over the years, my neighbor had it. I had it just familiar with it. So it's just been Xbox. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like Apple or. Uh, Androids. Yeah. Androids and Apple. Yeah. So I'm just familiar with, with Xbox and the way it all works and the controllers and stuff. So Xbox. I'm assuming you're familiar with Apple phones. Is that what you're saying? I'm familiar with Apple phones. I do not have Apple phones. Oh, you're an Android guy. An Android guy. Okay. Familiarity, like the Xbox. I'm just familiar with it. I know wow. the controllers. I know the system. I know the format. I just like, like the look of it. Just get familiar with it. Okay. Yeah. Esports. Are do you, do you are you a believer? Is that the future? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm a believer in esports for many different reasons. One of them is it does bring um, something that somebody is passionate about and, mm-hmm. and good at it, it breathes life into their life, meaning they can go and get together at 
weekend conventions and sh and uh, mm -hmm. and contests and events, and um, I think it builds a whole freaking world around it. Hmm. You know, a whole world is created in the esports world, and I hope that someday group breaking goes to that level, and I think it can. But we're missing the competition element. That's the only thing. Technology's there. Yep. The excitement is there of opening stuff. I mean, those toy videos, though some of them have millions and millions and millions of views of these people opening up freaking toys on air and playing with toys. But I love the esports world. Um, I think it gives kids, people a voice, something to do and get excited about. Agreed. Keeps them out of trouble, man. Hey, that's what's occupying your time. I'll take that any day over idle hands, you know? Yep. I'm with you. Favorite Netflix show? Or Prime, or Prime, whatever, whatever you like to watch. Currently, currently, I'm watching Ozark season two. Okay. Um, I had to put it on hold because Heather's catching up. Um, but it's currently uh, Ozark on Netflix. Um, to, to to stream and watch just old school. I like to put on the Next Generation. It it fills my day in the background. It's comforting to me. Is that Star uh, Trek? What is that? Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay. Yeah, right. The old school ones. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. What uh, what actor or actress, no matter what they put out, you're gonna go see their movie? Oh man! No matter what they put out, I'm gonna go see their movie. It used to be the Star Wars franchise, um, but I, I've faltered from that. I go see not every movie, but I really do. And this is not a default answer, Ty. Uh, I pretty much go see every movie that I can. Okay. That's a big, big summer blockbuster type. So especially how season now with um, Oscars approaching, Oscar seasons revving up. Okay. So I'll, I'll go see them all. You know, I like to look and see, um, start geeking out on what the new movies are coming out for the, for the Oscar season. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I'm into. The other ones, you got kids, man. That turns into like, let's go watch this wacky movie about a dog that turned into a robot and it gets like one star out of ten. I end up. But your kids love sitting it. in there watching that. Yeah. Yeah. But actor wise, uh, today, you know, I like the I like the veterans, man. I like the Pacinos and the De Niro's. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And even if even though they're getting old, I'll still go go see them. Nice. Okay. I was gonna well, so I'll throw this out there then. Ryan Gosling or Tom Hardy, which which movie are you gonna go see? Because there's two big movies for those two guys coming out. Ryan Gosling. The first man comes out and then uh yeah. venom right is it venom with tom hardy is that the spider-man uh is it, is it venom? Venom? i think it's venom who was the first guy you said uh ryan gosling he's doing the whole um neil armstrong remake that movie first man looks pretty good yeah yeah i, I definitely I, I definitely go with ryan gosling okay all right there the, you go the other dude i'm not too familiar with i'm getting old you are getting old um, Tom Hardy is Bane in one of the Batman movies, one of the bad guys. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. Um, but anyway, the band that you'll stick with no matter what, which band is it? Uh, Metallica. Mm. Rage Against the Machine. Um, and I'm really into Imagine Dragons right now for years. That's poppy race. compared to those two. You like You like the pop rock stuff, huh? My, let's rewind. My okay, whole career okay. life was built on pop. Fair enough. Fair so enough. yeah, I'm a sucker for um, 
for big hits. I love big poppy hits, good songs, really good written songs with massive hooks. And because in my business and career, it was about having a smash record. And a smash record is one that you sing all the time, big chorus, big melodies. And Imagine Dragons has that. And I love that about their songwriting. Yes. Yeah, hard to deny that. I would agree. And the uh, script, the script, they write great songs too. The script, if you want to check them out, they are very good songwriters as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I like that a lot. Turning you on to music, turning you on to documentaries. I mean, this is good stuff. You're really, you're rounding me out a little bit here. This is kind of nice. My wife's going to love you. Okay. A couple more bears. Yeah. They're going to win uh, over eight or under eight. Uh, they're going to win over eight. I've been saying it since, you know, pre-preseason. I'm sticking to buy my Bears. I'm sticking to buy the newness of the team. I live here in Chicago, and I know every city says, this is the year. We're so new, and we got a new coach, and this guy and that guy. Now, I think this is the year that they do break through because the previous years, just there was no excitement, no buzz, didn't know where we were going. Veteran coaches nowadays, I don't think, have the passion and the motivation to get to the Super Bowl. They've mm-hmm. been there. They've done that. There's some psychological thing there. They're just going through the motions. Uh, so definitely over eight, even though it's 0-1 at this point. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Tell, tell me World Series, who, who's the matchup? And tell me Super okay. Bowl, who's the matchup? The World Series this year. <laughs> the World Series this year. Okay, don't go with my heart. Go with reality. Oh, don't throw your heart out of this. Bring, bring <sighs> okay, your heart so, into this. So I want to see my Cubs back in the World Series. Are you saying make it to the World Series or win it? Well, so, it. Make it. Let's see who, who makes it. Give me World NL Cubs. AL. Cubs? Okay. Cubs and Strohs. Woo! All right. Who Cubs wins it? Cubs and Strohs. I think that would be two very passionate uh, fan bases and young, exciting players. I know the Yankees are up there. I know the, the Braves people would love to see those guys, but or the I'm Red Sox you. are having an historic year, but whatever. Hashtag October is coming, dude. So true things that, change. True that. You think Stroh's winning again back to back? Or no? You think Cubs I think they're up? I think they're in the mix to do that. Okay. Why why not? Why not? Not, not much has changed yeah. there. So, very true. All right, Super Bowl. Who do you got? This is week one. I mean, so if you pull this out. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you, and this is even better. It is not the Patriots, nor are they in the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Okay. So the Patriots are out. For the AFC, hmm, let's go to the NFC. I'm not going to say the Niners, and I've been saying it for a long time, to think they may come up and fall a little short. After week one, I'm going to go ahead and go with, I think the Eagles can get back to the Super Bowl. I think they can get back. I think they can get back. And then AFC, um, what if I said Bills? No. <laughs> You'd lose all credibility immediately. <laughs> How about this one? Chiefs in the Super Bowl taking on the New Orleans Saints. Whoa! <laughs> I, I like love to be it. different. I love Chiefs it. And Saints. No Patriots. 
No Steelers. Any given Sunday, Ty. That's why I love football. Yeah, Any 100%. given Sunday is one of the most true statements yep. uh, that you can ever say. Anybody who's ever really, really, really watched uh, football and point spreads and, and underdogs and favorites and stuff, there's weird stuff that happens all the time. These guys are like, oh, my God, they're going to put 48 up against that defense. It comes out to be like they put up seven points and that other team beat them by 48. Yeah. Like something about football can change on the dime. So what we it's love. fun to think ahead and, and look at ratings and rankings. But um, you got to go if you're going to go. Go I, big. I, never, I really never take the, 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 the obvious favorites. That's too easy. My neighbor's a Kansas City fan, so that's how I've kind of defaulted to following them. Okay. His family lives in Kansas City. And then I got two good buddies uh, that live in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, I got just my attention has been drawn to him, to them because of that. Yeah. So I started looking at their team and what they got and, and, and how they do things. And I look at the AFC West, you know, it's kind of open. It's similar. wide open. 100% agree. So think they can win their division and go from there yeah definitely can get it have a shot for an afc uh a wild card if they don't you know if something yeah. like denver becomes amazing or right so yeah man chiefs okay i got we got it marked down it's gonna it's gonna go into the vault it's gonna be Yay. in the court of history <laughs> i'm gonna we'll come back in what january check that's right all right i'm gonna leave you with two bands that you need to check out since you've okay. been throwing some bands out of me you ever heard of a band called the night game Night game. The no. night game. I have not. Okay. New their new album just came out, self titled, The Night Game. It's okay. your it's your genre. I think you're gonna like it. Big okay. big time fan. And are you a nineteen seventy five fan? The nineteen seventy five? No. Oh, okay. Tell me about them. Uh European, British band. Okay. Uh but I mean they're pop gold. Everything they write is just you when you listen to them, you realize there's a couple songs you've been hearing and didn't realize it was in the 1975. But, uh, um, yeah, brother, you're gonna like the 1975. That's the name of the band. It's the name of the band. They got a couple albums. Their new one comes out in November. Uh, their third or fourth album. But those two bands. There you go. I'm gonna get your. Oh, opinion. dude, I totally love the song "Somebody Else." There you go. I mean, I totally love the song "Give Yourself a Try," and my favorite is "Chocolate" by the 1975. I just looked him up real quick. Uh, oh, we know. <laughs> I got him on Spotify. Let's go. You're like, I think there's about 11 million listens. That's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, like 11 million, 493, maybe. <laughs> All right. So there you go. I just made you better. So we're okay. even. I appreciate that, man. I, I'm a music fan. I'm going to keep the headphones in. I'm going to rock out to the 1975 in the night game. Done. After Dude, this. it's been a pleasure. Thanks so well, much. Well, by the way, thank you. Um, you know, for reaching out and having me on here. I, I love doing this kind of stuff where we can just kind of ramble on and, and talk about different things. And you're doing a great job over there at Breaker Culture. I see that you have really put a lot of time and effort into keeping it relevant, keeping it usable interface for the people at home. Because what happens, Ty, as you know, is people get excited about something and they don't stick with it. Hmm. And, and it, it falters and it dissipates and it just goes off into oblivion yep. you have stayed tried and true and you keep making the website more engaging more user-friendly with your checklists and your your prospects things that you do i like reading that and just your general content so keep at it dude and thank you 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I remember about a year and a half ago, you and I talked and I said, man, what is it that we can do to stay, stay in this hobby and help you guys out as breakers? And that was the one thing you said. Yep. Be consistent, yep. baby. Be consistent. Be Keep consistent. doing it. Stick with it and just believe in what you want to do. And that's, it sounds so basic and kind of corny and cheesy, but if you have a good product and you have good people and you stick with it, it will work. Yeah. You just have to find a way to be able to do that with your time, finances, whatever. Right. And just keep doing it, dude. Yep. It's Agreed. Well, thank you. So let's, let's wrap this up. Where, where can folks find you? What do you got going on that we need to know about? And uh, then we'll send each other off. We are, uh, this is really crazy, but our website is topshelfbreaks.com. Oh, genius. How did you lock down that domain? It's amazing. Topshelfbreaks.com. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter. We are at, you're going to get this one too. Our Twitter, at Top Shelf Breaks. Oh, so good. I know. Isn't that amazing? You can get us at, at Top Shelf Breaks. Um, I am, uh, I'm the owner. Um, I couldn't do this without my boy Nate. TSB Nate has been here since day one, actually prior to day one. Um, Nate has other obligations. He's a teacher during the day. Uh, he's very busy with church, school, and other things, but he's here. Uh, he'll be back to do breaks probably in the summer, but he does all of our, our sorting and packing and, and customer service kind of stuff. So I'm off Sundays and Mondays, but you can find us each night starting around 6 or 7 p.m. Central. And one other thing. YouTube is YouTube TSB Live Breaks. And you. YouTube.com backslash TSB Live Breaks. Mm. Yeah. It's where it all began. That radio soothing, silky voice. Yeah. Chris. If they want to, they can email me. It's uh, it, This is really crazy, Ty. I mean, it's almost embarrassing. Our web, our email address, do you know what it is? I hate to top guess, shelf, but. It, it's topshelfbreaks at gmail.com. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Topshelfbreaks at gmail.com. That's like, <laughs> you, you want to do some radio ads for me? Sure. <laughs> www.breakerculture.com. Price ladders, checklist headquarters, breaker information, forum. Sign up today. There you go. Done. Sold. <laughs> I'm going there right now. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good week. Thanks, Ty. See ya. See ya. Bye.